Well, hello out there, planet Earth, and happy Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Rough week here. It's Friday, and it's always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. ICYMI, or in case you missed it, SMB stands for Small and Medium-Sized Business. For the last 20 years, I've been a consultant for SMBs, a voice and a sounding board for business leaders, advocating on their behalf, their employees too. I believe very strongly, everyone, in sharing stories, providing perspective, and creating connection. So every single Friday, you can find me right here on talkradio.myc doing just that, lending what's left of my mind and my voice to this radio show where I interview SMB leaders and their trusted advisors. One thing that I've noticed consistently over the years is some of the best thought leadership for SMBs actually happens on Friday, right about the time we feel the freedom of the weekend coming. However, we're also anxious to start the weekend. These crucial pearls of wisdom, the clarity of execution, they're often overlooked, they're forgotten in favor of our fun weekend activities and our freedom from work. Here on the show, we take advantage of that weekend freedom and clarity, and we discuss popular topics that are on the minds of business leaders and their trusted advisors. The name of the show, not just a play on words, my last name means free in German, so a little bit of deeper meaning for everybody out there. Today's episode of Always Friday brought to you by SDA Wealth Strategies, a boutique financial services firm located in Hudson Valley, New York. Personal wealth management and comprehensive business solutions is what they do. SDA stands for Simplifying Financial Lives, Designing Financial Strategies, and Advocating to Implement Them. Their concierge experience is a winner for individuals and businesses. The firm's highest priority is always the client's best interest while empowering them to be proactive and to thrive today, tomorrow, and beyond. To learn more, visit SDAWellStrategies.com. Camp is over. The summer is just about over. School has begun. My daughters went back this week, and we're still trying to figure out our new schedule for the school year, which always takes a little bit of an adjustment, but it made me reminisce a little bit. I'm thinking back to when I was in second grade and uh, my, my younger one, seven years old, just starting second grade, the program that I was in spent a lot of time on oral reports, presentation, public speaking. So I was doing that from a young age, but today I feel it's more important now than ever to spend times with the kids, especially the ones that are the same age as my daughters on the idea of it's not what you say, but how you say it. This is something that my special guest concentrates on every day. Today, we're going to talk about websites and words that sell. Most businesses, especially SMBs, they need strategies to suit their specific set of circumstances. Marketing is the lifeblood of every business that wants to grow, gain, and retain customers while building a strong brand. When the marketing strategy can be easily integrated with the sales and operational efforts, that's when many SMBs start to see some magic happen. Well, our special guest specializes in teaching businesses all of the basics needed to prospect, promote, and market your business to achieve a competitive advantage on other folks in the same space, whatever the size of your company. Talk is cheap. We know that. We're on talkradio.myc. We don't want this to just be talk. The goal here is let's use the insight on the business landscape and create more impact on Monday morning. That's what we're here for. Far too often, SMBs are focused on the product that's going to solve all their problems. The magic wand, the shiny new mousetrap, the new tech, whatever it is. One consistent thing I see out there, these products change every day with everything we do. There's no substitute for surrounding yourself with the right people first and focusing on the process that's going to help you achieve your goal. You do that, the right products will present themselves when you need them. Everything begins and ends with the people. 
You guys know I love to surround myself with the right people. We definitely have the right person around us today. Our special guest is Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing and communications director at Engage Web. So Darren started his web career in the last century before Google was even a thing. His work on websites and affiliate networks in the 90s earned him the role of web designer at Game, where he gained an important understanding of the needs of clients and the complexities of an industry-leading e-commerce website. After leaving Game, Darren worked for various digital agencies around the UK for clients such as Sony, the NHS, the Environment Agency, and Manchester United. Uh, I'm not supposed to say that because you're LFC all the way, but... uh... Uh, no worries. Over the years, Darren has worked with pretty much every type of content management system available and has developed many of his own, including the writer system used at Engage Web. Darren's desire to be the center of attention has stayed with him over the years, and he's even won a Liverpool Comedy Festival Award, which I can't wait to hear more about for performing stand-up comedy. So within the field of search, online marketing, and video, where that's where really Darren found his passion, they all fall under the banner of digital marketing. Darren and his team formulate the training and workshops that Engage Web offers to help the business owners really understand how digital marketing is best done for them and how they can best grow their business on and offline. Darren runs the Business Fit Club, which we'll hear more about, experienced mentors in all areas of business, uh, attends. He offers key uh, monthly keynotes, individual mentoring, and a host of other benefits. Darren is also the host of the Engaging Marketeer podcast, which debuted at number one in Apple's UK marketing charts. Well done, sir. Darren is available to speak at conferences, dinners, seminars, and other podcasts, which we greatly appreciate for him. Darren is a marketing machine. He's the perfect person to chat with about this topic. As always, we'll discuss my favorite couple of questions. Who's your favorite movie or TV show character? What's your favorite movie or TV show? And what's your favorite musical instrument? And who's the artist you'd like to hear play it? Joining me from the Liverpool area in the occasionally sunny UK, my old study abroad stomping grounds, Darren, welcome to the show. Pleasure to see you in the virtual world. Love that you're joining me from overseas. Thank you very much for having me. And had it been two weeks earlier, I could have been there in person. I was in New York just a couple of weeks ah, ago. Damn, missed opportunity. I'll have to, do, have to do another one when I come to the UK next. We share some very similar viewpoints, Darren, on the world of marketing. There's also a piece of your history that I can relate to. You, you mentioned along the way, as a child, you dealt with scoliosis, which is a condition that my mother has as well, a spine condition that sometimes causes people to walk a little bit differently. And you, you face some, uh, a little bit of adversity because of that. But you, you had mentioned that your need to be liked and make people laugh grew significantly and you know, really started the idea of being the center of attention, which you parlayed into a career. So talk to us a little bit about the founder's journey. How'd you get where you are today? Yeah, the, the scoliosis, actually, that, that's, I've only recently realized that was a big part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because um, during school, I, I didn't know I had anything like that. I, I always walked with a bit of a, bit of a bounce. There was a TV advert in the UK for Trebor Soft Mints with a character called Mr. Soft, and he would just bounce up and down as he was walking. And I would get that jingle just shouted at me constantly in school, and I, nobody knew why until somebody pointed out there was a lump in my back and he tried to very friendly punch it back in again during one science class. Um, so eventually we went to the doctors, went to the hospital, had an x-ray and I came out and it was like a big communal sort of x-ray system at the hospital. And I saw this x-ray up on the screen with this spine that was in the shape of a letter S, no exaggeration, shape of a letter S. And I looked at that on the board because it was quite a few people around and I thought, whoever's got that x-ray, they are in trouble. And it was mine. 
dull. Uh, so, yeah, dull, dull, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I ended up going into hospital for the, the the whole rod in the spine thing to straighten my back out right in the middle of my GCSE mock exams. And I ended up missing a load of schoolwork, missed half a year full of school, ended up getting held back for various subjects, all because I got this big bloody plaster cast that just cut my neck right up like that. And I, I, because I was being forced back in maths, for example, I should have an A in maths, but I don't because I didn't get to do the exam. It was just infuriating. It just made me want to push on and do better, made me want to be better, made me want to do to prove, basically prove people that I'm not an idiot, which it seemed to be as though I was because I didn't have these bloody grades because all because my spine was twisted. Infuriating. Yeah, again, something I can relate to. My my mom suffers from the same same issues, but it, it's, a, it's amazing what that type of surgery can do for someone that has the question mark type of spine going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely is. And, and the worst thing about it is because it's titanium, it doesn't actually set off airport security. I thought the whole, at least I'm going to be able to go through the airport, have the alarm go off and go, ooh, I don't know what that is. Maybe there's something in my pocket. No, no, no. But it doesn't even do that, so I don't even get that pleasure. Well, my uh, my dad has two fake hips, and he sets off everything everywhere he goes. So consider yourself lucky. It's an extra pain in the butt to deal with. <laughs> But yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very interesting, I'm not going to call it the complete origin story, but it's a very interesting take on, on looking back at how, how your travels have been and, and really take, taking stock of where it's leading you. So talk to us a little bit about, about starting Engage Web and, you know, how that process has evolved over time. Well, what, what, what happened was I was working for a digital marketing agency in Manchester, which um, you've probably heard of in, in the US. In the UK, it's known as one of the wettest cities in the UK. It rains constantly in Manchester. Um, and we were doing for basically small businesses, helping small businesses with their online presence. But back in the mid 2000s, there were a lot of digital marketing companies that were doing things that quite frankly, they shouldn't be doing. And Google has always said, don't do this, because this is against the rules. Things like getting loads, hundreds and thousands of websites in the Far East and across India to link to clients' websites on certain keywords like um, radio station and talk radio host and linking it to them. So they rank higher for that. Never was allowed. That's the kind of thing that was being done. And it always irked me. It really infuriated me that these websites, these clients were paying a lot of money and they were ranking in Google, yes, because it worked, but they weren't getting any increase in sales or leads because their websites weren't set to convert in the first place. They were rubbish websites. They had no business even ranking that. They weren't engaging people who were going there. So we wanted to do stuff properly. And Google has always been about content, putting the right information in front of the right people who want it at the right time. So we took the big leap and left, left our, our employment and set out for ourselves, doing it in, in our, basically in, in a back bedroom. You know, the whole, we have no office, we have no staff. It's just the two of us. We're starting at 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. We're working at 7, 8 o'clock at night. We're working Saturdays. We're working Sundays. And we started writing content for other digital marketing companies, producing content for them. And we were doing 1,000, maybe 2,000 actual articles, blogs per month doing this. Wow. All these other companies. Yeah. It's, you end up learning a lot of really useless stuff. It means I'm quite good at pub quizzes. If the pub quiz has questions, you know, about carpet fitting or about electrical engineering or, you know, bridges, 
geography around different cities around the world, all this kind of stuff. I'm coming up with these articles that we're producing for these clients. Um, it's all useless information, really useless information, but that's the kind of stuff we were doing. And it was eventually then we thought, right, we need to do this properly. We can't do this ourselves. It's not sustainable. It's not scalable. We're just going to end up burning out if we carry on doing this. So we took that big small business step of hiring somebody. Who do you hire for the first time? And we got someone in to do the editing of the content for us so that we could then concentrate on growing the business, going out there and approaching clients and bringing more business in. Unfortunately, the person we hired, first of all, didn't work. As is often the case when you make your first hire, it doesn't sure. always work. Yep. It was complete failure. Luckily, the second time, massive success, huge successful with that guy. Um, he stayed with us for years. He only left us because he ended up moving to Canada because his wife got a really high-paying uh, fundraising job in Canada. And unfortunately, no matter how much we asked him, he wouldn't divorce her. I, mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> he, he put his, his, his marriage above editing content. And I, I think that was a little bit selfish of him. Yeah, he carried nerve. on working for I know, the nerve, the, the cheek, the cheek. <laughs> Mark Lenin, you cheeky so-and-so. Uh, but he's still in Canada now. He worked for us for years afterwards remotely as well. Because we had clients in Canada, we had clients in the United States. So it's eventually now we've moved to that building that we saw on your, your image earlier on, which, which we purchased uh, about two years ago now, bought our own building, which was a huge step for us. Something we wish we'd done a long time sooner. Yeah, uh, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but awesome to, see you, awesome to see you guys growing in this fashion and to having your own facility and your own training rooms and all of that, which I know we're going to get into when we talk about some of your methods. But we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing and communications director at EngageWeb. Stay with us. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.
Welcome back, everybody. It's Friday. It's always Friday. And it's me, Stephen Fry, your favorite SMB guy. We're chatting with Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing and communications director at Engage Web. Before we get into the methods behind Darren's madness, I wanted to just sit out by the fire pit real quick and give you guys a quick perspective. I love the word engage in marketing. I love that it's part of the company's name, Darren. A couple of thoughts that just resonated with me. There's a lot of marketing these days that that enrages as opposed to engages. Not many folks out there like the marketing campaigns that are robotic and automated. It's like, how many people do you actually speak with who engage with those campaigns? It's like, hey, it looked like you'd be a good fit for my network, so I think we should talk. Usually they just, they're just more pissed than anything else. It's just a waste of time. But also the idea of lead engagement over lead generation. When, I, when I've talked to a lot of marketing folks out there these days in the digital and technological marketing space, they're all about the idea of promoting lead generation. While SMBs, they like the idea of having more leads and opportunities, the substance that really tends to matter is the concept of engagement. What are the next steps of executing on these opportunities so it doesn't feel like a fire drill every time? Yeah. The idea here, and it's, it's said in, uh, some of the, some of the content around EngageWeb is you never want to be a number. Numbers are another way of being product focused first. Just having a long list of leads. When everything begins and ends with the people, it behooves you to get to know your people. And that's what Darren and his team do at EngageWeb. So Darren, this is the method part of the show, the science behind what you do, what you do, how you do it, and how you go to market for it. Give us a little lay of the land, will you? Absolutely. Yeah. The, I think you've touched on it there. The most important thing is that the, the leads or the, the clients you get into your business aren't just cold. They aren't a number. They aren't just, just a, a sort of a filter of huge numbers of people that come in. They want to work with you. They know who you are. They recognize your, your worth, what you bring to the party, and they want to work with you. And that does all stem from engagement. It's all about positioning yourself, whatever your business may be, as the authority within your industry in an online and social media world so that your potential audience, your potential customers, your potential clients, they see you talking about what you do. They know that you are good at what you do. They know that you are the expert. So they come to you. They seek you out because they know that you can help them. So it's not about calling people up. It's not about using automated systems. It's not about those, those horrible messaging things you get on LinkedIn where people make a connection request with you and then 5.6 seconds later, they send you a pitch for their services with a load of links. It's not about sending emails out in their hundreds of thousands to people you've never met before. It's not about those really nasty artificial intelligence writing platforms that have all crept up over the last year, like I'm going to name one, like Jarvis, for example, you see advertising on Facebook, a robot wrote this ad. Yeah, we can tell it's rubbish. Google has always said and continues to say that artificial intelligence, robot written content is bad. It will not like it. It's done this big update that's been coming out over the last two weeks called the helpful content update, where websites that are using this generated spam is, is the phrase this generated nonsense on their websites to produce content to to get rankings within search to bring people in it's going to be ranking them down because it's not useful it's not helpful create the content that your target market wants to see that answers the questions that they have that gives them the information they want and they will want to contact you they will want to work with you 
it makes the whole lead to sale process so much easier because you're not having to convince somebody that you're good at what you do. You're not having to convince somebody that you know their problems, that you understand what they need, that you can be the solution for it because they already know that they've seen it online. They've had multiple touch points with you. They've come to you because they know you can do it for them. So something I've seen some other marketing folks try to overcome as an obstacle, and you tell me how this how this shakes out in your world, is a lot of times a small, medium sized business owner, if they have a particular specialty, if they they work, you know, if they're plumbers or electricians or financial services oriented, sometimes I, I, I get the impression that folks who run a business, they look at, at the marketing folks and they go, well, you don't really understand the ins and outs of my business. So how are you going to most effectively tell the story where I've always felt that the closer you are to a business or the venture that you're working on, the harder it is to explain it to other people because of the knowledge base you have with it. So a lot of times it's actually very favorable to have someone in your position give like a, an impartial type of viewpoint on it and to really interpret the story differently. What are your thoughts? hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I, I've been building websites now since, as, as you mentioned in the intro, since the 1990s, which is a ridiculous length of time. And every single website that I've built over that period, the biggest problem with building the website has always been getting the content out of the client for the website because no business owner wants to write the content for their website about what they do. They run their business. They understand their business. They don't know how to write it down. They don't want to do it. But the web, the web designers who do that, who let them do that and the business owners that say oh you don't understand my business like i do and they produce their own website materials their own content their own social media what they're doing is they're writing about their business from their point of view from yes. their perspective what they're not doing is writing about it from their target client's perspective and the most obvious example about this is with it information technology sector they are constantly putting information out on their websites and on their social media about the tech about the types of computers, the types of servers, the speed, the types of security they use, the software they use. None of their clients, the business owners, care. They do not care. What they want to know is, is it going to solve the problem for them? What are the issues they're thinking about? What are the problems they're thinking about? That's what you need to be talking about. Not about yourself and your services and what you do. Talk about your clients, who they are, what they need. Because it's not about you, it's about them. And that's what businesses need to understand. Nobody cares about you. They only care about themselves and what their problems are. Tell them, convince them you know what they are, and they will work with you. And, and that's why I think so strongly about the idea of what you say versus how you say it. I'll go back to the plumbers example for a second. Like, if you line up 10 plumbers all next to each other, and I've said this on previous shows, I think, but... And you ask, what do you do? You'll, you'll get a relatively similar response from all 10 of them. Yeah. But if you ask them, how do you do it? Why do you do it? Or they, they ask them to relay some stories they have from the field, especially stories. That's what people can latch on to the most. Because, you know, me, I, I had, a, had a crazy backup in my sink a couple of weeks ago. And it took three different tries with one of those crazy motorized snakes to get out sludge that was there from 10 years before I moved into the house. It's like, but... You know, telling that story and showing pictures of of this of the snake like it's like a machine gun looking thing like with all the crap going everywhere it's like that's what people can identify with they don't know how to become plumbers in an advertisement no and pl plumbers is a really good example actually because one issue that we've encountered quite a lot with plumbers websites is that if you've got say a, a gas boiler 
that needs fixing. You don't know whether you need to call a plumber or a gas engineer. Agreed. Not all plumbers are gas engineers. So there's no point the plumbers talking about plumbing and stuff on their website and the services they have. They need to be talking about the problems the, the consumer would have. So if you've got a particular model boiler with a particular issue, talk about that because that's what they're going to put into Google. They're going to Google the name of the boiler and what's wrong with it. And if your website is talking about that, they'll find you. If, so, if your competitor's talking about it, they'll find them. And that's who they're going to call. And, uh, you know, the easy access to information, there's another piece of this where everybody feels like they can do everything nowadays, which is probably also not recommended, where if they need to replace a part on the boiler, they'll go, oh, here's the model number, here's the brand. It's like, oh, I'll just get, I'll buy it apart and I'll do it myself. And that's how people end up blowing off their eyebrows and things like that. But, but is, you know, something like that as well, just the easier access to information. It's like, how, how do you, you know, position certain clients that really want to get certain content out there that, might be really difficult to translate. Um, well, what it's about, it's about profiling their target market, their target consumer. Who are they? What are they looking for? What problems do they have? Because until you know exactly who it is they're trying to identify and you've, you've worked out their customer avatar, you don't know what to actually create the content about. Because there are too many businesses that just go out there and start putting content out that they think their customers want and they haven't asked them. They haven't spoken to them. So what we would do, we would either look at their ideal customers they've got now and profile them, or we would actually ask and survey their customers that they've got. If they have no idea, we would go through their customers and survey them. What problems do you have? What are you looking to do right now? What issues did you have? Why did you work with this particular business? And once you have that information, you're able to backwards work out what the content needs to be for the website, for the social media, for the content, for all the different things that you're putting out there because that's what their customers are looking for. That's the problems they've got. And a lot of times the testimonials portion of business pages, even even your page has some great testimonials on it, right? That can help to tell the story. But I almost look at it these days where the testimonial is at the top of almost like a case study. It's like, here's the quote from the client and here's the quick sentences, quick story on what precipitated us going out and servicing this client and why they were so happy. Mm. Absolutely. It, it's stories that sell. There's an old adage that facts tell, stories sell. And if you yeah. write a story about a particular client, particular case study that you've worked out, another client that could be one of yours will see that and identify with that. I mean, that's a, how it works. That, that's how adverts work on TV. We see stories happening. We think, that's me. Yeah. I need that. There's a uh, so on, on this side of the pond. There's a Native American proverb that I've I've laid on the audience a couple of different times. It says, "Tell me a fact and I'll learn. Tell me a truth and I'll believe. Tell me a story and it will live in my heart forever." And again, oh, that's wow. what that's what that's what people remember is the story. It's what everybody can identify with. So love that you have that take on it. And it's not just about getting some type of automated AI bot out there to increase a list, which is I I can't believe how often I still see it. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing and communications director at EngageWeb. Stay with us. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. 
That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with Darren Jamison, co-founder, marketing and communications director at EngageWeb. Some great pearls of wisdom from Darren thus far. Hope you guys are listening. We're going to dive into the madness of Darren's world. So this is the artistic observational part of the show, stories that you have from the field. No subject too taboo. Anything goes. And I wanted to start it out with a fun discussion because I know there's plenty of madness around the world of digital marketing, but you uh, attend attended Liverpool Comedy Festival and actually won a little while back, didn't you? I, I am officially a, a, a Liverpool Comedy Festival winner. There wasn't an overall festival winner. I won an event at the Liverpool Comedy Festival, which was a, a comedy awards in aid of uh, uh, Mencap, which is a charity for adults with learning disabilities. So I was raising, I think it's over a thousand pounds for for Oil Mancap at the time, doing a 15 minute routine in stand up comedy that I wrote and performed myself, which was very, very dark and very, very blue. <laughs> well, thank you for illustrating my point of it's not what you say, it's how you say it. If you can make the audience pee their pants, it's definitely award winning. So that's that's a beautiful thing. You know, one thing I've I've seen out there, especially as it relates to to training of leaders and and even in the corporate setting is the idea of having an improv comic come in and talk to everybody about improv comedy and how to take action on that. How do do you feel about that type of sentiment? Do you know, I absolutely love that. It sounds a little bit weird. Um, I am not a sort of a a woo-woo kind of guy and I'm not very spiritual at all, but the whole concept of comedians coming in and teaching uh, business leaders and, and sales teams it makes perfect sense to me because there is a real parallel between comedy and business and sales because comedians have to listen. They have to understand what other people are doing. They have to read their reactions so they know which way to take it. Uh, When comedians get heckles from the audience, they have to be very, very quick at the way they turn that around and respond to it. So that's effectively handling an objection like Mm -hmm. you would in a sale. 
And we had, when I did this, this comedy uh, night, we had six weeks worth of training with a stand-up comedian, which nice. I, would, I would have paid for. I would have happily paid for that. But we got that for free because we were raising money for Wirral Main Camp. And it was brilliant what we learned because they were giving you so different ways of thinking, different ways of communicating. Uh, you mentioned improv, for example. I watched a TEDx talk from an improv comedian that I'm having on my podcast in a couple of weeks. Nice. Uh, he talked about the way you have a conversation. Uh, most people, when they have a conversation, they'll say something like, oh, would you like a piece of cake? And they'll say, yes, but, or no. That stops a conversation dead. You yep. can't work with that. So with improv, it's always yes and. Yep. Yes and. And it moves the conversation forward. And if you've got that particular knowledge to do that, and somebody's asking you a question, whether it's in a sales presentation, a pitch, a meeting, a one-to-one, -one, whatever it may be, and you know to say yes and, you're always moving it forward and you're always taking the conversation to the next level. And that's just a really simple tip from improv comedy that works perfectly and translates into business. Yep. And uh, the, the training that I had from an improv comic had the exact same thing. So I wonder if we heard from the same person. But awesome. never, nevertheless, a shared sentiment throughout the community. You know, thinking about it, whether it's an improv comic or it's a rehearsed you know, comedian talking about the idea of normal conversation and how people you know, really relate to each other and the little universal mo moments that kind of unite everyone. I try to think of it from the other side of a business leader trying to do a stand-up comedy routine by doing death by PowerPoint. Like, nobody cares about any of that. Just doing a long PowerPoint thing where they're actually, leaders read the content from the PowerPoint stuff right, right to the audience. Like, thanks, we learned how to read a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. PowerPoint is, uh, it, it, it's the devil's spawn, quite frankly, in a sales presentation. Uh, I do a lot of public speaking. I do a lot of talks at networking events, for example, and I try to do them when every now and then without any slides whatsoever, mm -hmm. no prompts whatsoever, because if you put text up on the screen, people will read it. They will read it. And there is no point you saying what is written on the screen. We can all see that, as you said. So if you're going to use a PowerPoint presentation within your sales pitch, within your talk, just have imagery. It's just a prompt. It's like you've got on the screen right now. It's a picture of me. It's just a prompt. If you had everything I'm saying written on the screen and I was just reading it out, there'd be pointless me being here. <laughs> Which yes, is death by PowerPoint. <laughs> completely agree. And it's, you know, some people watch the content that we're producing here and a lot of people listen. But if for no other reason, besides the fact that I like to have fun with the green screen, I just can't help myself. But you know, for a lot of times, if I'm putting some pictures up for a guest, like there, it actually, it's, you know, most people are visually stimulated. Let's face it. So it actually, you know, scratches the noodle a little bit where something else comes out. It's like, oh yeah, you know, that picture reminds me of this. And a lot of times that's the reason I'm doing it aside from, you know, putting some goofy pictures up on the screen. <laughs> so in, in, the, in the spirit of talking about podcasts and how shows are done, let's talk about the engaging marketeer. So how did, how did all of this come about and uh, what's, what, what's the deal with the podcast? Uh, well, that, that again stems from the whole scoliosis thing, wanting to be the center of attention and wanting to be liked by everybody. I wanted to have a podcast. I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to get out there. But again, what we talked about with the whole marketing concept, it is about generating leads and engaging people. So the podcast is there to be listened to by people who run businesses, who want to help build their brand, to help build their business, to get more from marketing because we offer tips and advice on marketing. I interview business leaders. I interview marketing experts. Uh, I've interviewed Dr. Ivan Meisner, the founder of BNI, who's from uh, Texas in the U.S., 
uh, about how to get better at networking, about how to grow your business through networking. So these are the kind of things that business owners want to listen to. And obviously, if they're listening to this podcast and they're learning from this podcast, if at any point they decide, well, do you know, that guy kind of knows what he's talking about. He seems to know a little bit about marketing, and a little bit about websites. Maybe, just maybe, when I need something, I'll give him a shout. And that's how it works. Whereas if I used AI methods and LinkedIn spam messaging to reach people, I'd just get the get lost, mate, leave me alone. And there's no point in doing that. So the podcast, as much as it is about getting out there and it is about scratching my itch to be famous and to, to go <laughs> on and, and to have lots of people listen to me, it is about business as well. Everything you do is about selling. And that's what the podcast is for. Yep. Okay. Couldn't agree more. And you, know, you brought up the topic of networking too, which a lot of folks don't realize how powerful a podcast or putting out some type of content like this on a, on a regular basis, it, it, it can be one of the most powerful networking tools that you have in your utility belt. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the more that you do podcasts and the more guests that you get on the podcasts, the easier it is to climb that ladder to get other guests. I've spoken to so many people that have seen the podcast now and gone, wow, you had Ivan Meisner on there. How did you get Ivan Meisner? If you had Ivan, then it must be good because Ivan doesn't do just anything. And he doesn't, you know, he's quite choosy. But I'm a member of Ivan's group called BNI. I'm a former 100 point member at BNI, which means I've done the most activity you can possibly do in a <laughs> six month period. I've brought more visitors than anybody else in the chapter. So I'm quite good at BNI because I follow what Ivan says, even though we did argue a lot on the podcast, you know, about the finer <laughs> points about how it works. But yeah, the podcast is all about, it's about credibility. It's about visibility. It's about credibility. Get yourself out there, get people to see what you do, get people to respect what you do, believe that you know what you're talking about, and then they are going to want to work with you. So, you know, bring up an interesting, you know, couple of points, but belonging to BNI, which I've been a member of for years. I've done Latip as well. I've done national networking groups. I'm, I'm a serial networker. So love the, love the idea of putting something, you know, out there where you can really show the best version of yourself. But, you know, in the, in the spirit of, you know, not just what you say, but how you say it and the idea of interviewing business leaders as well as trusted advisors, which is what I do as well. Trusted advisor doesn't just mean CPA, lawyer, insurance broker, financial advisor, which all of those folks are, are trusted advisors to small, medium-sized businesses. What you do, and even the IT professionals, right? You mentioned them before, you know, folks in IT trying to, trying to lay all the technical knowledge on the audience where they don't, nobody necessarily cares. They just want to know that when there is a problem, it will be solved because we work with you. Again, people-centric type of approach that a lot of times folks will skip over. Yeah, absolutely. They they just focused on the service, they focused on the product, and they don't seem to understand that it is about the people. And that's one of the things that networking does give you. It's about the people. So when you want to reach a particular type of business, a particular, maybe it's a specific person, if you can have a personal recommendation from somebody, oh, you need to speak to this guy. He is brilliant at what he does. He will look after you. That's so much easier than trying to pick up the phone get past a gatekeeper, a, a really angry secretary or PA who say, no, you're not going to talk to him. I'm not going to let you through. It'd be a personal slight on me if I did that. You've been actually had the door opened and recommended by somebody. And that's what networking gives you, which a lot of people don't understand. They just see it as a, as a stuffy thing where you go in and you, you hand out business cards like you were in Vegas flicking <laughs> cards about. And that's not what it's about. 
It's about relationships. It's about getting to know someone, getting to trust someone and getting to respect them and appreciate them for what they do and want to help them. So a good friend of mine who I've had on the show a couple of times actually has uh, has his own networking group as well, a couple of books, and he's he's had uh, Ivan Meisner write some forwards for his, for his books as well. And the idea of, he calls it the dirty words in networking, saying somebody, everybody, anybody. Like a lot of times when you go to a networking event, it'll be like, oh, anybody who pays taxes. Okay, well, that's everybody. <laughs> So that's that's not really specific where it, it really is. It's incumbent upon the person who's trying to network effectively to get specific, not necessarily because they're looking for a particular exact business, but just by saying, hey, I'm looking for the owner of Engage Web, a, a digital marketing agency that helps businesses refine their story. The audience might not know you or Engage Web, but they're, oh, I don't know that one, but I do know this one that sounds like they do the same thing. And a lot of times it seems like people who are trying to network and build their business are afraid to pigeonhole themselves into one type of client profile and one type of ask. That's why they end up saying somebody, everybody, anybody. And that fits into the idea also, which we talked about of the ICP, the ideal client profile, which when I was a kid that stood for insane clown posse, but that's a topic for another day. But uh, you know, ICP, the ideal client profile, it's something that like you and I would talk about and be like, yeah, you guys need to be very clear on this because you need to see things from the buyer's perspective. But I feel like a lot of times people are hesitant to put any time or energy into that because they don't want to preclude themselves from an audience that might be a good fit for them. Is that something that you see as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, there is a fear in there that if I say I'm looking for a particular type of business, that means I'm not going to get the other types of business. But you are. You're going to get introductions to them as well. But you need to work out who is perfect for you. Who is your ideal client? Who do you either enjoy working with or who do you get the best results for or who gives you the most amount of work? Those are the people you actually want to target. And you're right. There are some people who go to a networking event or they go to some sort of uh, event and it's impossible for them to say a particular business. They can't say I'm looking for the owner of Engage Web because they work with individuals, homeowners. They can't do that but they can still profile the company or the person, sorry, that they're looking for. Yeah. They can still say, I'm looking for somebody who's male between 40 and 45. He drives a BMW. He has a really expensive house. He has three kids and he has expensive holidays. You think, oh, I know somebody like that. Yes. It's much easier to, to introduce you to someone if they know who you're looking for. But if you say anybody, you're going to get nobody. Also, the idea of, again, in the spirit of sharing stories, sharing some of the folks that you've met with earlier that week or the week before. And, and if you felt some type of massive impact or if the client felt some type of massive impact, again, the stories are what tends to resonate the most with everybody. When, when you make the relationship and you get to know each other and maybe you whip a little bit of technical process and everything, that's one thing, but you got to engage them first. <laughs> you absolutely do. Yeah. Stories about what you've done that week are brilliant because people realize then the kind of businesses you work with, the kind of people you work with. And it just trips that off in their heads that goes, I would love to introduction to that person. And it just makes it so much easier to connect people if you tell stories. And speaking of connected people, we got to take a break in just a moment. But a lot of the pictures out there of you and the team. It just looks like you guys are a very cohesive unit. Like there's plenty of folks out there that do team building, you know, events and experiences, but you guys seem to have a lot of them. I've, I've been accused of, it looks like you guys don't do any work actually. 
Um, yeah, we, we do have regular events every year and, and we, we do big things for Christmas and we do a lot of mucking about in the office. We do a lot of social media videos. We did a whole zombie video once where we got a professional makeup artist in from Liverpool and we decked out two of the, uh, the team as zombies and we shot a sort of Shaun of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead style advert for the web design concept being that our web design, our web design package is so so robust that it would survive a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> which it will. Incidentally, if there is a zombie apocalypse, we can survive that. Your website will be fine. Don't worry about it. But yeah, we we do a lot of stuff. It is about having a lot of fun while you work because nobody wants to be stuck sat in a sort of a cubicle working long hours and, and just not enjoying themselves. Hey man, if I'm not having fun, I'm not making money. I'll say it over and over and over again. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing, and communications director at Engage Web. Stay with us, everybody. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to Always Friday with me, Stephen Fry, your SMB guy. We're chatting with my buddy from across the pond, my mate, Darren Jameson, co-founder, marketing and communications director at EngageWeb. You know, it's funny. We were talking about in the, in the last segment where we were discussing some stories and madness that Darren and team have so many team building events and experiences that a lot of times they might they might get accused of not working at all because it looks like they're having so much fun. Well, a lot of times that can really lead to some new client experiences. Darren's first client in the U.S., there's pictures posted of them on a fishing trip together where it looks like they're not working, but that's working. So a little, little bit of fun madness there for everybody. But Darren, this is the message part of the show. This is where we want to leave everybody with some sound bites for over the weekend that they might actually remember during their cocktails and intro to American football kicking off yesterday, last night. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I think of the idea, it's not to make it sound like a 12-step program, but you, businesses need to recognize that they have a need and, a, and an issue if they're not presenting their story the right way, especially with marketing. And like, like I said before, I always feel like the closer you are to something, the, the harder it can be to explain it to other people. So it's extremely, extremely valuable to have somebody in your type of position to really help coach the people along. One of the testimonials, the many testimonials that you guys have, says, we're really enjoying working with the team. The results have spoken. We are seeing a great return on investment every month with a large increase in sales and revenue. It's really hard to argue with bolded underlined statements like that. With thanks to the strategic planning, experience, and talent that this company has. Would highly recommend Engage Web to any company wanting to better their brand and rank above the competitors and increase sales. So talk to us a little bit about some good sound bites for the weekend. What kind of weekend insight can we give the SMB owners out there that will help them make a Monday impact? I think probably the most important thing is, is something we've touched on, and that's not focus on your business and who you are because your target client does not care. You should be focusing on them because it, it is all about the you focus and you being the target client, not you, the business. Focus on them. And the easiest way I think of doing that is you've been running your business presumably for a long time. You know what you do. You get what you do. You understand it perfectly. Nobody knows your business better than you do. So what questions have your target clients, your existing clients, people who come to you, what have they asked you? What problems have they had? What issues have they had? What conversations have you had over the years? Because guaranteed, absolutely cast iron guaranteed, that anybody who's asked you those questions and you've been able to answer them and help them and solve it for them, there are a hundred or a thousand or 10,000 other people out there with the exact same problems and questions. They just haven't had the fortune of being stood in front of you at the time. So what they're going to do is they're going to go onto Google and they're going to put those questions into Google. And if you've not got that information that you've already given to that client of yours online, on your website, on your social media, answering that problem, they're not going to find you. They're going to find someone else who does. You need to get the information out of your head, the conversations you've already had, and turn it into content for your website, for your social media, and put it in front of the people who are looking for it. And that is how you turn people online who you've never met into trusted customers and clients who absolutely value what you do. And that's the biggest piece of advice I can give. And who will also refer you when you were talking about that. You know, all I could think of was, you know, you're, you've been to lots of networking groups, as have I. When you see somebody that says the greatest compliment you can give me is a referral. That's almost like asking for somebody, anybody, everybody type of thing. It's, you know, the, the, you know yeah, you want to ask people for referrals, but the, the, the greatest folks who can give you the referral are the ideal clients that you're working with that have asked the ideal questions that you can solve problems for, right? Exactly. I mean, the, there's, we always track where all of our business comes from because, you know, we're, we're a marketing company. You'd expect us to report on things and track stuff. A lot of businesses don't do that. But the majority of your business should be coming from referrals from existing clients and existing customers, because if they like what you do and you're good at what you do, then you expect them to be able to pass you on to others who also want you to, salute, to, to put that solution for them. 
So you should be getting a lot of referrals from existing customers. And if you're not, you want to ask why. Yeah. Maybe you're not actually asking the existing customers for referrals. And sometimes people have, I mean, in, Brit- in Britain, for example, it's impolite to ask. In America, you're a lot more forward with these things. Britain, <laughs> we're, yes. we're, we're quite polite. We're quite reserved, usually. So we won't go to a client and we'll say, was well, there anyone you can, you can think of that would also benefit from anyone you could pass us on to? But it is worth doing that because if they don't know that you're looking for more, they won't necessarily think about it. But you should also be getting a lot of business from Google. Mm-hmm. A lot of business from Google. And if you're not, I would argue it's probably because you do not have that content on your website that your potential target clients are looking for. Yeah. And it's it's not just a, a one, you know, again, a magic wand type of thing. It's like if you're thinking about the highway and different lanes of traffic, you want to have a car in each one of these lanes, the Google side, the word of mouth side, the this is how we talk about our services personally. If we walk into a cold networking environment, like you want to have all that stuff buttoned up. So again, it's not a fire drill every time that you have a potential opportunity at hand. So engageweb.co.uk, that's the website, a lot of great stuff on there. And then there's a let's talk button, which is, uh, I'm guessing, how a lot of folks get engaged with you guys. No pun intended again. It sure is. Yep. You, you can book a call with me whenever you want from, uh, from one of those buttons, uh, and it'll go straight into our calendar for us to have a video call with you. It doesn't matter where you are. As I say, we have clients in the US. We have clients in Canada. We have clients in Australia. Anywhere where there is an English-speaking world, we can do business with. And the the engaging marketeer drops every week. You said Thursday slash Friday at midnight. Is that uh, UK time or? Yeah, it's it's, it's midnight um, Greenwich Mean Time. So that will have dropped for you at I think is, is that five o'clock in the morning. I can never work out which way it is. Uh, but basically, when you wake up on a Friday, it will be on. It'll be there. It'll be there waiting for you. Yeah. You guys definitely need to check that out. If you also if you if you Google. Uh, Darren Jameson uh, from Liverpool Comedy Festival. You might actually see some of the routine that he did back then. So some interesting, fun stuff there. But uh, let you guys find it for yourselves. It's Engage Web is all over the place. You could definitely connect with these folks. If you can't find them, you're using the wrong internet. You could always reach out to me, SMB guy. Text it to twenty one thousand. You'll get my contact info. I could hook you guys up. Before we end, I'm going to. Uh, let everybody know what your answers to my questions were. Favorite movie or TV show character, favorite movie or TV show, and favorite musical instrument and the artist you'd like to hear play it. So rock out here. You gave me a couple of answers. You like Thor. Nice, strong personality there. You uh, also like Jax Teller, which nice, strong personality there from Sons of Anarchy. And uh, you'd, and, and what I felt like was a little, I was trying to like one of these things is not like the other. You also said Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, when I thought about it, another strong personality who's actually a cheerleader aside from killing vampires. So since you uh, are a cheerleader on behalf of clients, that is kind of apropos. So like that. Favorite movies? You you said Flash Gordon. So I, I got to ask you when you when you come across these uh, these robo you know types of marketing platforms, the AI things and automated, do you think of Ming the Merciless is like death to Ming? To be honest, I, I probably more think of Ultron from Avengers and that I'm Thor smashing them with a giant hammer because that's what needs to be done with them. Fair enough. On that note, you also like Transformers, so not necessarily of turning things into machines, but really giving some humanity to all of these machines is probably more the better way of looking at it. But uh, and then you said Ghostbusters, which is on my you know top favorites of all time. You know, really serving an, uh, an audience in the movie of people who are 
frightened because of what's happening and yet skeptical of all the results of what they're what they're calling the Ghostbusters for, which in some ways is actually kind of relevant to the world of digital marketing that you play in. Well, it but, is. Who are you going to call? Yeah, who are you going to call? You're going to call EngageWeb. That's who you're going to call. But uh, when I asked you about the music, I was shocked to hear this, that no musical instruments, you wouldn't know how to play one if you were hit with one, no real crazy passion about music from somebody who's in the Liverpool area. I feel like it's criminal. So I had I had to just throw some some Beatles action in there. So I couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah, it, it is a sore point with me. I, I, I have no musical ability whatsoever. It's the one thing I wish I could do. But unfortunately, <laughs> it's it's like a foreign language to me, but one I well, don't know. It seems like you're really, you know, uh, adept at making beautiful music in the world of digital marketing and making sure that it's all about the people and not so much about the products that are out there, which people get hit with all day, every day, whether it's their personal or business life. You need to surround yourself with the right people, the ones who are going to understand your story and help you go out and tell it. So, Darren, thank you so much for joining me here today. Can't wait to hear more of the Engaging Marketeer. Uh, next week, we will see you guys once again, Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time right here on talkradio.myc after Tommy D on Philanthropy and Focus. Darren, thanks again for joining me from across the pond. Have a great weekend. I'll see you guys next week. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. all pet lovers pet avengers assemble on the professionals and animal lovers show we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong it mirrors that bond between pets and their owners through this program we come together to learn educate and advocate join us live every wednesday at 2 p.m at talkradio.nyc In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. 
about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 